Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by community pastor, Carrie Latisseur, as we continue the series, When You Are. Remember, you can always find us on Sunday, streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. Have you ever met someone who just made you feel safe? One of those people who have a non-anxious presence. They hold space for your feelings, big and small, and don't project their emotions or expectations onto you. People like that are rare, aren't they? I feel like you're lucky to get close to one person like that in your life. There was a story in the Chicago Tribune a few years ago about a woman who worked as a cook and took the night shift at the Chicago Children's Memorial Hospital. Her name was Miss Betty, and she sees people in their hardest nights and is that safe person. In the hospital cafeteria, she welcomes people as if they're coming into the kitchen of her bungalow on the south side, treating them like family and offering words of encouragement. A member of the housekeeping staff said this about about Miss Betty, you need someone to bring you life, and she brings it in the middle of the night. We all long for people like this in our lives because when things are hard, when they're really hard, the last thing we want is for someone to put a Band-Aid on our deepest wounds. The last thing we want is for someone to minimize or dismiss the hurt we're going through. The last thing we want is pressure to fit into a small box of what respectable grief looks like. Have you had a person like Miss Betty in your life? For me, it's been my longtime mentor and friend, Dick Alexander. He walked with me and my husband through a really challenging time, and I'll never forget the ways he showed up for us. I'm reminded of the classic children's book about going on a bear hunt. Have you heard this story? The family is going on a bear hunt and they face obstacle after obstacle. Things like a deep, cold river, thick, oozy mud, and a big, dark forest. Every time the family encounters one of these obstacles, they say the same thing. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. We have to go through it. What if instead of seeking shortcuts for our grief, we actually have to just go through the grief? We can't go over it. We can't go under it. We've got to go through it. As hard and difficult and painful as that is, what if there's actually more freedom, joy, and healing on the other side when we give ourselves the space to be honest about the hard parts of life? We believe there's another way to get through the hard things when you are brokenhearted. Today, we're continuing our series, When You Are. And in this series, we're looking to the Psalms, a collection of prayers and songs in the Old Testament to see how they can help us connect with God in the midst of the highs and lows of life. The Psalms were collected as a a prayer book for the people of God to sing. And I promise you, I'm not going to sing for you, but we can join in this great chorus of the people of God by learning to pray the Psalms ourselves. And when we let the Psalms move us toward God, we discover what our hearts truly need. 
A quick note, uh, nearly half of the Psalms in the Bible are attributed to David, but those titles with his name weren't original to the text. They were added sometime later. There are different perspectives among scholars about exactly which Psalms David wrote. It's generally acknowledged, though, that even the songs that have his name, even the ones he didn't write, were written with his story in mind. They were inspired by his life and used to instruct and inspire the people of God. David's life contains many lessons that help us learn how to pursue God in the midst of the highs and lows of life we're walking through. David was a man who experienced lots of hills and valleys. There were times in his life when his gratitude and praise towards God overflowed. Other times when his confusion, remorse, or brokenheartedness overwhelmed him. The stories and songs of David weren't written to make a hero or an example out of David. He was a regular human like each one of us, and it's a collection of good and bad choices. His life is recorded to challenge us to look at our own lives. We're to find our story in his story. Because although our circumstances are different, most of us can relate to the inner realities David experienced. And today we're going to see how the Psalms can help when you are brokenhearted. David experienced a series of heartbreaking situations throughout his life. Today, I want to quickly sketch out a picture of some of the low points in his life. Some of these stories may seem over-the-top bad, and others might, pip, might hit pretty close to home. But my hope is that we begin to see that for most of us, our lowest lows aren't too off from David's. In 1 Samuel 19, verse 11, we see King Saul was David's father-in-law. He got jealous of David's military successes, and he tried to kill him. It's Saul's daughter, Mikkel, who helped him escape. Later, David and Mikkel have a falling out. Or 2 Samuel 1, David's best friend dies in battle. Or 2 Samuel 12, uh, David's infant son dies after he prayed and fasted for mercy. Or finally, 2 Samuel 15, David's adult son, Absalom, leads a rebellion against him and plots to take the throne from David, betraying his father. Just take a moment to imagine the pain of these events, the, the weight of these. The people who were supposed to be closest to him died in terrible ways or betrayed David. When I put myself in his shoes, I think that he must have been terribly lonely, surrounded by people all the time, but unsure about who he could even trust. I think that there were times those feelings must have overwhelmed into questions about the trustworthiness of God. David was no stranger to grief, no stranger to brokenheartedness. He experienced losses and betrayals that are hard for us to even imagine. I'm sure many of you have experienced losses and grief. I know I have. It was my friend and mentor, Dick Alexander, who walked alongside of me in my grief. He was never shocked or worried when I was angry for a while. He wasn't concerned when I expressed my frustration in the midst of really heavy circumstances. He just sat with me in those circumstances. 
And in the Psalms, David demonstrates that we don't have to shortcut, bypass, or explain away, or put on a happy face to our brokenheartedness. David doesn't show us the perfect, respectable, always has it put together grief that we tend to aspire to here in the West. These songs, they don't read like an Instagram account. He shows us what it looks like to fall apart, to rail at God, to wallow and despair. There's a whole category of Psalms that contain these gut-wrenching, honest emotions. We call them Psalms of Lament. Like we did before, to sketch an overview of David's heartaches, I want to quickly highlight a few Psalms of Lament. My intention here is to introduce this topic and to demonstrate that it's not isolated. This isn't a one-time moment of weakness from one person. This is an important way that the people of God led through grief and pain towards God. Here is a sample of what the Psalms of Lament sound like. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord, how long? Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who praises you from the grave? I am worn out from my groaning. All night long, I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Or how about this one? My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? Don't miss the longing, the desperation in these psalms. Sometimes I try to pray in just a certain way, making sure to acknowledge that He is in control. So not my will, but your will be done. And without discounting that surrender is an important part of our relationship with God, there's none of that here. These are bold prayers of people unafraid to express their emotions sobbing, the slobbery mess, wailing kind of sobbing isn't too much for God. No one is saying, sorry, I, I don't know why I'm crying. There's no embarrassment or shame in this emotion. The words of the psalmist show us that God can handle our cries and complaints. Today, we're going to really explore one particular psalm of lament. This is a song, Psalm 23, that describes God's response to us when we are brokenhearted, when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Perhaps many of you have heard Psalm 23 only at funerals. If that's you, I want to invite you to try to hear it with new ears today. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In these verses, the author uses the analogy of a shepherd. A shepherd gives their presence, literally living with the sheep. A shepherd provides, leading their sheep to food and water. And a shepherd's role was to protect, caring for injuries, assisting with birth, and guarding from predators. John Golding Gay puts it this way. In this title of shepherd, we see the most comprehensive and intimate metaphor yet encountered in the Psalms. Rather than the typical and the more distant king or deliverer or the impersonal rock, shield, etc., the shepherd lives with his flock and is everything to it. Guide, physician, and protector. This is God's posture towards us in this passage. When we're able to approach him with our brokenheartedness, he is a good shepherd to us. In the second half of the text, the imagery shifts from shepherd to host. And again, there are themes to God's response to us in times of trouble. As we see the author utilize the imagery of a host, we get to see how God as host is present with us in our most difficult times. The imagery is powerful and bold here too. Check this out. We'll start in verse four, just to remember what came before. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We have his presence. He dwells with us as a host. When we are most alone and lonely and brokenhearted, he is with us. He brings provision in the passage. God as host provides a meal, our sustenance in difficult times. And finally, as host, God is depicted as our protection. In hard times, in the valley of the shadow of death, he serves a meal in the presence of our enemies. And he himself is our protection in their midst. The Psalms we've looked at today, including Psalm 23, are known as Psalms of Lament. To lament literally means to cry out to God in the midst of our pain. It's a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. To lament is to be honest with God about the pain, the struggle, to invite Him into our heartache. When we cry out to God, He hears our cries. But for Christians in the West, this ancient practice can be difficult. Uh, on a podcast I listened to recently, there was a conversation between a pastor, a theologian, and a psychologist, which I know may sound like the start of a terrible joke, but they genuinely all agreed on this. That perhaps we struggle with lament in the West because we really believe that we have to have it all together before God. That if we're honest about our pain or our struggles, it would be perceived as, as if we don't believe Him or don't trust His goodness. To be able to lament requires that we know God is 
in the pain and in the struggle with us, not judging us for it. Even if perhaps the pain is related to consequences of our own actions. Dr. Soon Chan Ra says on his book on lament, this is how he defines it. Lament is honesty before God and each other. If something has really been declared dead and there's no use in sugarcoating that reality, to hide from suffering and death would be an act of denial. When we lament over suffering and pain in the world, we're allowing God to expand our hearts towards his vision for the way things should be. And we're naming the distance between where we are and his vision for the world. This is bold truth-telling. We name that distance and then we ask God to close it, petitioning him to act in our lives. And like Miss Betty, and my friend Dick Alexander, we can follow the example of God by caring for others in their grief, holding space for heartache and anger, caring for physical needs and things like meal trains, and petitioning God to act. These are important ways we live this out together. What if rather than believing even subconsciously, that we need to have it all together before God, we gave ourselves and one another permission to lament. When we're honest about the things that break our hearts, we're actually able to experience God in our brokenheartedness. I want to invite you to reflect on a song that guides us into lament. It models this journey of naming the pain and heartache, the author describes eating the tears they cry and ultimately remembering Jesus in the midst of our pain. He is the one who is present, who provides, and who protects. I have lost my appetite And a flood is welling up behind my eyes So I eat Tears I cry And if that were not enough They know just the words to cut And tear and cry When they ask me where's your God Why are you downcast oh my soul why so disturbed within me? I can't remember when you show your face to me. As the deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts for you. And when I behold your glory, you so faith. my fainting flesh I am satisfied in you when I'm staring at the ground it's an inbred feedback loop that brings me down so it's time to lift my brow 
worship you in all your ways with the sweetest songs of praise. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? I can't remember when you showed your grace to me As the deer pants for water So my soul thirsts for you And when I survey your splendor You so faithfully renew Like a bed of rest For my fainting flesh I am satisfied in you. Let my sighs give way to songs that sing about your faithfulness. Let my pain reveal your glory as my only real rest. Let my losses show me all I truly And your waves crash down on me I'll recall your safety schemes You're the one who made the waves And your son went out to suffer in my place And to tell me that I'm saved Why am I down? Why so disturbed? I am satisfied in you. 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 Let our sighs give way to songs that sing about His faithfulness. Let our pain reveal His glory as our only real rest. And let our losses show us all we truly have is in Him. Let's take a few minutes now to pray through the psalm of lament together. The passage will be on the screen. We'll read it out loud together, and I'll say a prayer for us in between moments. Let's read together and pray. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. 
He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. God, you are our shepherd. Help us to trust that with you, we don't have a single need untended to. Help us to be attentive to your presence and trust you for provision and protection. Lord, help us in the dry places of our hearts and lives. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God, you are the way when we see no way out. You are the light in the darkest night. Lord, help us to fear nothing, to trust you with everything and to learn to experience the comfort that only you can provide. Lord, would you make us aware of your presence with us? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, you prepare a table for us before those who want to do harm in the presence of anyone who has hurt us. You sit with us in the pain, provide for us to overflowing, and your love follows us. Lord, help us to walk with you and dwell with you in our moment-by-moment lives. Let it be true when we say we are satisfied in you. Amen. We know that when we are brokenhearted, we can move toward God and experience His presence. We have a promise from him in Psalm 34, 18. It says this, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. I really appreciate how Eugene Peterson's translation says this. Check it out. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. When you are brokenhearted, God is near. When you're courageous enough to lean into the pain, to lament and to be honest about God with your broken heart, He comes near. What if we truly believed there was nothing too big, too hard to invite God into with us? When you feel crushed by the weight of loss, the pain of tragedy, the difficulty of the circumstances you or someone you love are facing, God draws near to you. You cannot be too much for him. He welcomes your true broken heart and he moves towards you in it. What would it look like for you to open up to God with honest lament next time you're hurting? Let's pray and invite God into that now. God, we are so grateful for the promises found throughout your word that you are with us in the midst of brokenheartedness. God, I wanna pray for anyone who's joining us right now, whatever they're facing, I pray that your presence would permeate the space that they're in. God, that you would comfort them. God, that you would speak to them. Father, that they would find rest in your presence. God, would you draw near to us as we seek you in the midst of our brokenheartedness. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your provision. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.